This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with the plan, the one and only. That's right, the one and only. You know who it is. The man who reps the orange and blue just like me. We're done with the green and white for the season, but don't worry, we're going to keep up with the Jets as well. But we're here to talk about Knicks today. You know who it is. My man, the one and only, John Malika. What up, John? How are you doing today? What up, man? What up, man? We're finally back talking Knicks. It feels like a month since I've you know, discuss the Knicks. I think since since the Pistons game or the the Wizards game, I haven't been on here since. So uh, I have I have a lot. We have a lot to talk about, especially the last couple of days. We're we're in a weird spot here, getting some wins here. We have turmoil everywhere from the fans to the team, and then we have the trade deadline sneakily coming right up, man. So I'm 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 ready to get into this, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Knicks season. Do we say it starts Christmas? We say NBA starts Christmas. I feel like we've just I've just got oriented, you know, <laughs> yeah. since Christmas came back. So I'm ready, man. The season started. I'm heading to the Garden. Maybe two out of the next four games. Maybe three out of the next four games. So we'll see. All let's right. This, let's get this going. Let's go, man. Yeah, you've been gone for. I mean, you were gone for out in Kenya doing your thing. So it was just me by myself holding it down. So. You had to catch yourself back up, dive yourself back into Nick's Twitter, read all of uh, Begley's, Bondi's, uh, <laughs> Mr. Katz, Mr. Uh, Berman out there just to get yourself up to speed. What listen, the hell has been going on around here? So Listen, dude. What, what, what? what? <laughs> the, 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 the NFL board was so clear after coming back from Africa. We killed it on the on both like pick'em leagues this week and winning picks weekly. We killed it for all the spreads. I mean – Things, things are looking clear after a little hiatus, so I'm ready to talk Knicks, man. Let's get into this. That's what we need, man. We're going to need your clear brain to, to get through all this today. But, it's yo, crazy. John, it, it's, not just, it's not just us today. It's not just our video producer, Greg, who's with us today as well. We got a, we got a, a phenomenal guest, a returning guest. You guys, if you listen to this podcast back in June, July around there, we had this man on to break down what we saw from the New York Knicks season and just to kind of wrap up the season, especially from the playoffs. We got to welcome back Steve Delakian. Founder, CEO, creator of Spacely Media for the Bocker Back Pages. When you go on Twitter, when you go on Reddit, this is the man that's doing it all. Steve, how you doing, my man? How you doing today? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm good. You know, I had to drop a little year, but I'm good, man. It feels good to be back with you guys, you know? One of the one of my top listen to podcasts, actually. I'll let you know. I, I got that 2021 year summary. Um, um, you guys came in at number five, but in your defense, ooh. you guys don't put out like every day. You know what I mean? Like Knicks fan TV or whatever. My point being pound for pound. I'm listening to you guys like crazy, man. So it's good to be back. Appreciate Let's it. Bro. That means Alex, a lot fan, us, Alex, Alex fan TV is, yeah, uh, you <laughs> <laughs> not at all, man. It's a, it's a team effort. I'm glad that you, you, you listen to us, man. That really means a lot to us, man. It really does. Um, oh, yeah, for don't, sure, don't worry, man. We're, we're rapid. We're, we're, we're cranking up this season. We're going to be doing two Knicks episodes now instead of just one. So it's coming. It's coming. Perfect, there you go. Man. 
Perfect. Now that we're done with the Jets, but Steve, how you been, man? How, how, let me just get let me just get it into you right now, man, because you're putting out the fire content, especially when the Knicks win. That that all of it, all of it just circulates. Okay, your 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 Cameron, uh, <laughs> R.J. Barrett one with uh, the 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 what was it? What was it? The the purple haze one that you did. That 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 was yeah. fire. Maple haze, maple, maple haze. haze. Yeah, thank exactly. You, thank you, thank yeah. you. Had to drop a little French Fontana in there too. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, man, it's just it's been it's been good, man. You know, I'm just I'm just doing what continuing to do what I've been doing and and just continuing to put my fandom on display and I'm getting better at Photoshop. I'm learning on the fly. Uh, I'm putting more hours into it and I'm just trying to make this thing grow. So uh, the support's been awesome. You know, it hasn't been the the best season that we've ever had. Um, it was, it's not quite as magical yet as it was around yeah. the time I started last year and kind of like you know, carried through. So I'm waiting for that to come back, but I'm confident. I feel good. Um, and I think, you know, now there's some things going on. I know we're going to talk about all of that, but there's, there's some buzz. There's There's some buzz. Lots of things. That's awesome, man. And we, and we see it too, man. When, when your, your detail and your artwork, it really comes through, man. The, the growth that you, that your, your content has had over just even a short just six months, bro. We're talking about six months. The last time you've been on here, it's, it's, it's amazing, bro. You keep warning, you keep pushing, keep grinding, bro. You're doing phenomenal work out there. We appreciate it. We're always retweeting it. We love everything that you For do, sure. but I mean, let's, let's get into the meat and bones of this podcast, man, because <laughs> before we get into Mr. Mr. Randall, who is, uh, brought on more fans in more ways than one. Well, let me ask you this. How are you feeling about the season so far before we really dive deep into this? How are you feeling? I mean, you know, not to, you know, I started with a size, so I guess that's kind of indic- indicative a little bit of what we're going through, but I'll say it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster. There's been highs and lows. We started off so strong. There was so much promise. I almost thought that the content would suffer because like the games were going to be so boring. We were going to be blowing out teams. Like that's what that first week felt like. I mean, we were up like five, one, we were, or I think we went, we, we got out to that five and one start, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And things were just looking great. And uh, I mean, you know, of course, any team's going to hit uh, a bumps in the road. Uh, but when we hit these bumps, it seems like they've really lingered and they've kind of perpetuated into bigger issues. And there's been a little bit of like toxicity even with it, but Honestly, I think these players are going to come together. I think, uh, you know, there's been some some excusable things throughout the course that have kind of like kept us from getting on track. But I think I think now people are starting to heat up and it might connect the, the way we needed to. We needed to, man. We need this team to start jiving because, look, if – if it's not one thing, it's another with this team with, when it comes to the media, when it comes to players and how they feel, um, especially with Julius Randle and his, uh, his comments to the fans. Um, obviously that's, that's not great, but do you, are you feeling like that promise is about to, are you feeling like this team's about to make that turn? Like how, how are you, where, where, where's your stance on this team right now? So, I mean, it, it definitely starts with Julius Randle and just sort of seeing how he responds over the next few games. I mean, he definitely put his back against the wall. Um, now these trade rumors are popping up. And I, again, I know we're going to get into some of that later, but uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a great sign. Uh, it's definitely, there's some turmoil building up, but I do see French Montana as <laughs> French. <laughs> now I'm like just calling him French Montana, but not, nah, um, I see Evan Fournier turning it around. I see 
RJ Barrett's like our leading scorer in like four of our last five games, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are good signs and we, we want to see him build consistency and, and that's what he's starting to do. And, you know, he had that, those injuries and stomach bug and whatever else was going on. Um, so the, the deck has been stacked against him, but those are promising things. We drafted well. Um, those players are giving us good contributions. So there, there is a silver lining and, and I'm always looking for it. Um, and I'm sure you guys are too, but we can't, dis- we can't disregard the negativity as well. Sure. And I don't even say like, there is like negative. There's like, there's, there's definitely improvement for this team. There's definitely room for growth and improvement. And I think we try to do a, a fair job in like trying to give critique, like constructive criticism, not just slander. Like we're not just trying to slander players out here just for the sake of slandering players. But I think when you watch these games and you are just, there's a, there's now just an expectation. So when you're critiquing these great, these games after a magical season, like last season, you're expecting something competent of the same effort of the same product that we saw last season and anything that's less, even though they're getting wins, it's got to be called out. Um, but before we get further into that, let me, let me do this ad read. We got to pay the bills around here. All right, guys, look, keep saying this. We're partnered with Fansided. Who owns Fansided? Minute Media. Who else does Minute Media own? The Players Tribune. And over at the Players Tribune, they got this phenomenal podcast that just came out called Blindsided. Blindsided is hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. This show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. This allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people face, whether that's PTSD, addiction, sudden life changes, panic attacks, and much more. So guys, you got to go check this out because guess what? They've also brought on guests such as Kevin Love, Paul Bisonette, and Kurt Warner. So make sure to go over to the Players Tribune or go search your, your podcast uh, platform to use, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, so forth. You can go find Blindsided over there. And I will say this, just listen to the uh, Paul Bisonette one. My God, truly phenomenal work. Like getting to understand how he was so young becoming and having to grow up to become a man so quickly and just dealing with anxiety and just social pressures and having to, you know, do things that we won't, we won't mention on this podcast uh, of like what men who are like 20, 20 plus are doing, like whether it's drinking uh, or, uh, or, or whatever, like he goes into that and, and how he has to overcome like peer pressure, just like PTSD, as I already stated, like he goes into depth about all these things. So guys, make sure to go check it out. Great, great conversations, very therapeutic. But let's get back to it. You know, Steve, uh, you've been you've been alluding to it uh, with Mr. Julius Randle. He is the captain of this team by default. He is that he is the leader. Right. Even though he doesn't have a C on his chest, even though he hasn't been uh, formally announced as captain like uh, Patrick Ewing was or, or whoever. Like he is the leader of this team because he is one, the highest paid. He is the most improved from last season. He did make. Uh, all NBA second team. He was an NBA all-star as well. So all of that put together, his resume by default makes him that leader. And we're not really seeing that. And we saw that last week where he had something to say to the fans. Um, shut the flip up uh, because he's been hearing the comments. He's been hearing the criticisms. He He's not a fan of it. And he's telling us to be quiet. But after telling us to be quiet, didn't have really two good games in Boston, put up a stinker. Last night, uh, put up another stinker uh, against the Spurs. So 
John, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut it over to you first and get, get your thoughts on it. You've been, you've been a little quiet for me. What, what are your thoughts on Mr. Julius Randall so far, especially with those comments to the fans? Well, first of all, I, I love that Steve started off with a little RJ Barrett because last time, like when I was here last, I was a little worried about RJ. He was putting up some mediocre numbers day by day, game by game. And it was illegal to talk bad about RJ Barrett at the time, right? <laughs> because, uh, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're over that. I'm glad that he's over that. Uh, he has been absolutely dominant. He's finally finishing at the rim, which was an, which was a huge issue uh, at the time. So he was always getting to the rim, just could not finish layups, like six missed layups, uh, which opens up the floor, right? When you start getting those in the mid range, he's playing in that space. So that's awesome. Getting to your question now with Randall, sheesh, man. When, I mean, just just a couple of weeks ago, everything was fine. Like he wasn't doing great, right? He 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 did regress into maybe last like not you know the most improved year the year before that Randall, right? Where he was, we were asking a little too much of him. He was shooting a lot. The field goal percentage wasn't there. He would still get the points, fill up the stat board regardless. You know what I mean? And he'd have his on and off nights, but you could tell he wasn't going to like those baseline shots anymore that were automatic. Right. And you could tell that he was maybe dribbling in, in, in maybe not doing a spin move, but he's still dribbling into traffic and it's getting, it's becoming a turnover every time. But I don't know what happened that like it's regressed so bad. Like, is he literally jealous guys? Like, is that what you're telling me? Is he jealous that people were chanting RJ Barrett's name? Like I like what I don't even know what triggered this. I have no idea why we're here, but nevertheless, we are here. It's a really interesting spot to be with one month before the trade deadline and his contract already paid. I I never thought I would say that the Knicks are gonna actually listen to a phone call for Julius Randle, but I honestly at this point, I I I really think there is. And I think Obi Toppin is kind of pushing that by continuing his like being grumpy every time he gets benched in the fourth. It was more, it was on, it was apparent on TV last game, which I thought oh, was yeah. hilarious because every single time I'm at that game, I'm texting you, Alex. Obi's pissed. Obi's pissed every single time. And now they finally showed it on camera. Uh, so it's very interesting. Like now that media is on this narrative. So you could tell that it, the door's finally open to there. How we got here, how, what, like, Julius Randle sitting up here in press conferences saying I've addressed it like he's Marshawn Lynch, Lynch to every single question. That's I, I did not expect to be here, especially after a win. I also didn't expect him to start scoring two points and like kind of being is he like channeling his inner Kobe? Like, remember in the playoffs when Kobe would just like get all pissed off, like, oh, I'm I'm shooting too much, and then he would just not shoot for like you know, two and a half quarters and pass like 18 times. Like, I thought that's what he was doing a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I'll, I'll dish if you don't want me to. I'll score two points if that's what you want me to do. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, you guys tell me, like, what happened? Like, why are we here? Is it, like, because he was mad people were chanting R.J. Barrett's name? Like, it can't be that. It literally cannot be that. No, I, I don't think it's that at all. Um, You know, I think what he's getting to or alluding to is that when he was, when he got into, what what the 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 presumption is that when he got into health and safety protocols, people were like blessed, like happy that he went to safe, health uh, and safety protocols because 
now we get to see what this team looks like. Obi gets minutes. Uh, we get to see what R- if RJ can control this team and and really just lead us to victories and so forth and getting all the young guys and everyone was like hoping that vets were get health and safety protocols. And one, that's just fucked up. Like I'll just no one should be <laughs> yeah. for a guy to get sick. So let's, let's, let's curtail that. But and thankfully also he think, was good, right? Yeah. Thankfully he, he was, was like good. asymptomatic. Back, yeah, yeah. Asymptomatic was able to come back soon and uh, was able to put on a performance against the Boston Celtics that day. Right. We saw 30 point performance between him and you got your 40 point performance from Evan Fournier. So you're able to come back happy. And then, it so was I don't get that, what happened. Like, I was he, well, he gave the thumb down when everyone was booing the Knicks during that game when they were down by 25 and then they come back and win. And then he gave the thumbs down when they got the lead because everyone's happy. It's, and he's just saying that he doesn't like the criticism. He doesn't like the criticism in that. And this is where I know he's listening to whoever because he says, I know the game better than anyone else. So he's listening. He's listening to, to podcasts the media, so forth. He's listening to all this criticism. <laughs> whoever he and he's block, yeah. yeah, whoever he is, outside of me, uh, he's listening to everybody else. Uh, I know a long right? list of people, man. You're on a long list of Nick's I know. There's a long me. list of us that, that are blocked by Mr. Julius Randle, and that's fine. I don't really care. But he, I think he's just upset from hearing all the criticism about his game, seeing the lack of effort, all this type of stuff. And that's what I get when you say you know this game better than anybody else. It's talking to the criticism of the fan base and he doesn't like the, I, I guess he just doesn't like the, the fickleness of the fans or where we can just be super high Me and either. super low, but that's New York, man. That's how this fan base is. It's not just I our fan that. base, but it's not uh, just our fan base. I agree not, with him it, on that though. I, I hate it too. Yeah. I didn't mean, you guys feel, it's my bad. Didn't you guys feel like uh, when he first got into the protocols? Yeah. There was that narrative of like, Obi's going to come in. Yeah, we're finally going to get to see Obi. Right. But don't mm-hmm. you think that it was almost, I thought that was going to be a turning point because I think what we saw in those few games was pretty sobering and people started to realize that we definitely do need Julius. Right. So like, to me, it's just kind of crazy how quickly his return flipped into a completely different narrative. Cause I thought that was going to be the turning point. We were going to get a, maybe not necessarily like a, you know, last year's version of him, but I thought we were going to at least be more behind him and things like that. And I don't think he even, let that sort of come to fruition because, and to your point, it could be because of what people were saying to him while he was in protocols. Because if I'm not mistaken, that was his first game back when he was doing the thumbs down. No, or was it his, yep, that was his first game back? So it's it like his first game back. I, I just think it could have been a, t- a different type of turning point. And then he just kind of did something to perpetuate it a little bit or yeah, make it even yeah. worse. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing is that, like, and just to, just to talk, to touch on John's like fickleness of the, like even out here, like I was talking to like a Boston Celtics fan today. They're like, Oh, we're the same way. And I know Chicago fans are the same way. Any media major market team has those extreme fan bases because it's just so massive. You're going to get the, like the, you're going to get the, the, the hyperbole on both sides. Like when it's super high, it's super high. When it's super low, super low. Like we're seeing people in Lakers Twitter just saying, you want to know how much I'm suffering? I'm a Lakers fan. It's like, yo, you want a chip like two seasons ago. Get out of here. All right. Like, yeah, like go, it doesn't matter. You still won. Go relax. Like you, you, you got LeBron and AD got you your chip. So go relax. But that's like the hyperbole of the nature of like those major markets. But to your point, Steve, I, I think all the, like hearing the criticism from after we went five and one, you start, we start losing to the Orlando magic and, and you see how we've been so inconsistent from there. I think all of that's just been building up in this pressure of just a lot of noise. And I think 
if Randall's addressing it, that means he's been listening to it. And if you're listening to it as a player, which is rule number one, don't listen to the fans. Like we, we are fans. Like you can acknowledge us that we're here. Say you love playing for the city. You love the fan base. Da, 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 all yeah, that. Maybe retweet so, like some content here and there. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. Yo, help us out, man. Help us out a little bit. You know what it is. Um, but I think once you address the fan base, when you hear all the criticism, you, you just open yourself up for pen. You just open Pandora's box. Cause now that you acknowledge that you're listening to us, where it's like, not me personally, but the fan base itself is going to amplify by 10 because now yeah. when you play bad, you're going to hear it because now everyone knows you're paying attention. That's the, that's the biggest rule as like, I feel like a player just don't acknowledge, just, just don't. Okay, yeah. It's, it's like a- if people start calling you a nickname and then you, you know, tell them you don't like it, stop. That's your officially your nickname. You know what I mean? <laughs> and last yeah. year or last year he did such, this huge turnaround based on a, sort of how we were receiving him the year before. So like, if anything, he showed us and we're just creatures of habit. Like we, like he showed us that if we come at him hard on that level, like he's going to put in the work and he's going to like do what he needs to, to shut us up. So I guess it's almost like now this time he thought he graduated from that. And he sees that, you know, when we notice the effort and, you know, like you said, a certain percent of the fan base takes it too far. I, I don't know. I, I I just think he needs to try to react the same way he reacted coming into last season. I mean, this is this is growing up in New York City 101, huh? Oh, <laughs> for sure. You need, you need thick skin to play around here. <laughs> for real. It's like a public high school in MSG every, oh my every God. game, man. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> like it, dude. He's from, he's from Dallas, right? Maybe he doesn't like it. Yo, South is pretty nice yeah. from what I heard. People are friendly down South. You know? <laughs> That's crazy. It's co- I can't believe we're at this point, but and, and also it's off a win, right? But the thing is he got two points and he's yelling. So I, I wasn't at the game yesterday, but I'm hearing that he was chirping up and down the court the entire game. Like, yeah. is he fighting with Tibbs? Is he like, is he griping with the fans? Is he griping with the refs? I saw that on TV, but that wasn't that egregious. I don't know. Like, I, I'm really annoyed that we're talking about Julius Randle. Like, I, I, like right now after a win, and man, we're not like. I, I know we started with RJ Barrett, so I'm proud of us. You know what I'm saying? But that's just not where the chemistry is right now with the Knicks. You know what I mean? The number one thing right now with the Knicks, no matter if RJ Barrett, we learned if he gets 85 points next game, we're gonna be like, all right, but Julius Randle only had seven. Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. Tell me about it. I was on Knicks fan TV last night and people wanted to bring up how bad Julius Randle was when it's like, yo, RJ just went off. Like we were joking. Like it's RJ day. Like, okay. (laughs) And like Ashley asked me, like, am I concerned? Like, do I want to highlight it? I was like, I don't really want to highlight it, but I'm making note that two back-to-back games where you've been playing poorly. Like, yeah, I'm concerned. Like I'm legitimately concerned because if the fans are actually in your head, like you need to block the fan base out and just go out there and hoop. Like that is, that's what you're going to do. Like, who cares if fans are going to boo? That's part of the nature of playing in, like, professional sports. No matter where you go, like, they're going to boo. Alex, we've had one bad loss. We've had one know, bad loss. This is but I'm saying, and That was, like, a decade ago. Like, I don't understand. What, like, what's the issue right now? That's what's driving me nuts, bro. The issue, uh, the issue is this. People want perfection. Expectations have been raised. And now everyone's, like, expecting the same – like a higher level of basketball, but at least baseline. basketball games, bro. We split with the Celtics. All right. Big deal. Right. We lost to the Thunder. That was a dumb loss. Also the Raptors. They're a good team. 
That's it. Like we beat everybody else. Like what's the problem? We beat the Pistons. Like we, we beat the Celtics. We beat the Spurs. Like we beat the Pacers. Uh, like if we beat the Mavericks tomorrow at home, like everyone just shut up. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like we're at we're the beginning of the year. We're just crying. Oh yeah, the team is so nice. Everyone's great, but they're losing games. And now we're winning games. And it's like oh yeah. But like, what are we gonna do? How about this guy and his feelings? Like, I'm just, I'm just annoyed. Like, IQ has has done so well the last couple of games. He, he literally sure. did what we've been begging for. We've been literally crying. I remember Steve here crying with us in the off season. IQ does not have a mid range, and all IQ is doing is giving us a mid range, and he's not, he's like the ninth bullet point. You know what I'm saying when we're talking about the Knicks? So it drives me nuts, dude. It really does. No. I, I like, I agree. Like you weren't here for that Pistons game where you saw like all the starters just lay a freaking goose egg. Like everyone just was shit in the bed. And it, I think it was really that game that really unraveled a lot because you just saw the, the starters come out with no energy, no effort. And we've been repeating the same thing night in and night out where you're just seeing lack of energy from your, your starters. And it's up to the bench to come save the day. And you, we can't, be relying on that like that that's the fair criticism we can we cannot be relying on that if we want to see this team move forward but I, there's more issues than just julius randall there's a whole lot of things this team is not complete and <laughs> i think everyone's looking for a complete product but we're just not there yet and i can acknowledge that but the one thing for me especially like especially when i'm watching the, these games is that i at least got to see these guys give effort you know like you got to at least go out there play 110 percent. i know not every single night like we're all human, even at your day jobs, you can't give 110%. There are going to be some nights that you're, that you're just out of it and that's fine. But I can't see you just like, if you're, especially if you're the leader, just lollygagging, jogging back on defense, most of the time where sure you did that sometimes last season, but I can remember 80%, 90% of the time you're, you're, you're giving your, you're busting your ass to go make a play for on offense or defense. And if I'm not seeing that this season, after you got paid, it's a little questionable, like from, from that standpoint. And I know everyone's not going to have the same production. I'm not even looking for the same production. I'm just looking for effort. And I think that's that's just like the big thing, my big takeaway. I think everybody, I think a lot of other people are like already trade Randall, do yeah. this. And it's like, yo, can we like we are still in the we are we're just at the halfway point. <laughs> and we're I think as we're, long as or my bad, you go. No, 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 no. No, I was just please. saying, as long as he's operating as the number one, I think there's gonna be a big percent of the fan base that is not complacent you know what i mean they're oh, either sure. going to be taking it out on him taking it out on tips taking it out on somebody and i do think at the start of the year like i think you're right that detroit game was kind of like the emphasis on like put the exclamation mark on it but i also think part of it was at the start of the year first of all i think mitch not mitch being out of shape accentuated like how Julius Julius's lack of effort you put those two things together like some of Evan Fournier and Kemba's like defensive uh shortcomings and you just are seeing a visible what you're interpreting as like lack of effort because it's just not a defensive unit and there's going to be guys standing around and the way those guys like played together I don't I think that you know Mitch being out of shape definitely played a little bit of a factor at first, but he's been great. So not to put it on him. I'm just saying like, no, for sure. And like, the thing is like, there's, this is where we say like, there's so many things like we could talk about Kemba Walker getting benched because he's not giving his defense and he wasn't as aggressive as on offense. 
Uh, actually, it's funny as John, after John left, Kim became like the most aggressive player I've ever seen in my life. And John, oh, yeah. like I text, I text John. I was like, "Yo, Kemba just dropped forty. He's like, "He dropped 40? I was like, "Yo, I watched watch that whole. I watched that YouTube video. I had to look at the highlights. I was like, yo, Kemba just had a triple double. He's like, what? Yeah, I was like, yo, Kemba's doing work right now. Kemba's like facilitating. Then unfortunately at OKC, you couldn't play because of his knee, but and then you have Evan Fournier who who's like on and off. You have, as you said, wait, Steve Mitch. Wait, don't just, skip. Don't skip Evan Fournier. Don't okay. skip over. Like, don't, don't brush okay. over him. Okay. Like okay. That. Okay, because okay. we were sitting here. You were done with Evan Fournier. Still am. You wanted to get, <laughs> put him on the bench, trade him for like for Lonzo Trier. Like you're ready to get rid of him. <laughs> so now you're saying Evan Fournier is okay. He's alive, obviously versus Celtics. He has revenge games, but let's just get let's just throw that out. Like, what do you think about Evan Fournier in this lineup? Because I still, I'm not a fan of it. I just, I'm not buying the, I'm just not buying it still. I like, even though he's had some consistent games and like he played well yesterday, I'm just still not buying it, man. I'm really not buying. I don't think he's the, I I, I get what he offers. Um, Personally, I just rather see Grimes out there uh, just, just for the sake of just like more defensive intensity. Yo, and that's why like defense shooting, like his shooting is, you know, he's a rookie, so it's not going to be as consistent as you want. But we saw some playmaking from him last night. He got six assists. So there's something there. I just want to see it. And the way I look at it, like when you weren't gone, is that, all right, so we have this guy in Evan Fournier. And what is he offering this team if he's not going to be playing at that type of level, if he's going to be this inconsistent? Give me the opportunity to see a young guy develop because we're not winning anything this year. Just just move him along, package him, go send him somewhere. Let me just see these young guys get some uh, get some valuable minutes. And that's how I, I still stand that way. I don't really – I'm still not a fan of the Evan Fournier signing. I can acknowledge that he's been playing well. Like, and if he keep keep up this level of consistency, that's cool. Like, I'll, I'll gladly take my words back. But I just, I'm just not buying because I've seen him, like, go off, then go freezing cold, come back, and then go freezing cold, and now we're back again. It's well, just a roller coaster. Here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing. And I, I want to get – Steve's take on this because we mentioned Kemba. Obviously, his trade value raised right from Christmas till now. Even though he, you know, was injured and is off the rotation again, we have Fournier who is in the same boat. Right, he's in the rotation, but he also raised his trade value. Obviously, we're talking Randall here. Noel, well, I know you guys mentioned Mitch, so we'll get to that in the back end here. Noel has been disappeared. The trade deadline's February tenth. Like eight of those games before, let's uh, exa- seven to be exact, are difficult. Man, we have we're at the Heat, at the Bucks. We have two home games versus the Kings and the Grizzlies. Maybe we'll split those. And then we're at the Lakers, at the Jazz, at the Nuggets. We're gonna lose a lot of those games. We're gonna be <laughs> dying as a franchise. The GM, the morale is gonna be down after those games. Like where do you where do you think the direction of this team is going? Well, let me just let me just finish up while I was saying uh because you wanted me to touch on Fournier real quick. All well, is just gonna did. wrap up. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I wanna know I wanna know if Fournier's gonna get traded, man. Because if, well, he, if he's on. saying Before, he's up and down and he's gonna have these bad games, he's not gonna be good against the Lakers, he's not gonna be good against the Jazz, he's gonna have a really sour taste in our mouth towards the end here. So do you want to trade him or not? I do. Before I answer that question, just to finish up what Steve was saying, like you talk about Kemba, you talk about Fournier being up and down, Mitch being out of shape. Now you got this whole Randall fiasco. 
fiasco. You got RJ Barrett who who's been in and out and been inconsistent. I'm just saying that this the season as a whole, everyone's just on edge because there's just been so much going on. And if you watch Tibbs and if you're like on par of that uh Obi Brigade, uh shout out to the Obi game, Obi Avengers for for our uh uh Blood of Polenta who who just keeps uh <laughs> hashtag Obi Avengers in our YouTube channel. Like if you want him, there's just like so much, there's just, just so many different things going on with the season. That's why everyone's at, on edge. I just want to say that. Now yeah. talking about your now talking to your Evan Fournier, yes, I will trade Evan Fournier. For what? Yo, I'll take two second rounders, man. Oh, is he goodness. on a two plus one, or is he on a three year? Is it two he, plus one or three? Or it's clean three. Three, three plus one. You it's got three, three, plus three years okay. plus a, a team option. You're last right. Year. You're right. Uh, and here, here's my thing for Evan Fournier. I think like we can still use those draft assets, especially when we have the double draft coming up. I think it's going to have value somewhere down the line. I want to see Grimes play, man. I want to see some of these young guys play. Like, wow. Well, who do you want? Like, if you can tell me, like, uh, that's like that. I mean, like, the guy, you just said you're good with him, and now you're trading him for two second rounders. That's like Trevor Ariza right now. That's what he's going Yo, for. Yo, Fournier was traded <laughs> for two second rounders last season. What are we doing? I know, but we just paid him. So it's different. Now. And he, he was, was traded for that Orlando. because you had to pay him. Now he has the contract. You know how that works. You know why he was traded for, he was literally a rental for four months. That's why he was traded for. For that sure. little stuff, so it, it, you want, you want a late first rounder? You Steve, possibly get a late first rounder. What do you think, Steve? I haven't given up on him yet. To be honest yeah. with you, I haven't. I mean, again, he's got that Olympic pedigree. He's he's a he's a world class player on a level. I'm not trying to gas it too much. Like he's you know a world mover, but um, I will say. I think he's starting to hit his stride a little bit. And I think it also has to do with the chemistry and the team structure, not just him personally struggling. He's clearly not the greatest defender. It's clearly not the best signing we ever made. I'm, you know, I can acknowledge that, but I, I, he's a, he's a microwave and he can do, he can have some special games. And also I think if we get 15 from him, period, we're good. Like it's the games that yeah. we get like yeah. five and he's playing like 20 minutes and that's like a Tibbs punishment game. But either way, if it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes, if he's not scoring, he's literally a liability. And of course, in those situations, I want to see Grimes and I always want to see Grimes. So it's a bit of a conundrum, but like, or like dilemma, whatever you want to call it. But I will say, um, I haven't given up on Fournier yet. I think we, I think we're about to see, you know, first of all, I think he's kind of a garden favorite. It's just that he hasn't given us a, a lot to be. And, and uh, okay, maybe I'll reword that. He's not a garden favorite, but when he goes in, like when, when his shot is falling, he's, he's lighting up the garden. The, the energy of the crowd oh, yeah. is electric. I mean, he's one of those type of guys. And for sure, I think there's a place for that. It's just, he's not a number two, not at this point in his career. I think it, it's just guys taking on at be either being asked to do too much or getting lost in other guys being asked to do too much, like Randall, for example. But that's, and that's fair. No, that, those are all fair critiques, and I can agree with all of that. For me, like I just, I just really come back down to what are we doing with Evan Fournier? I understand John's point too. Like we paid him. Like there, there's a value to him now. So. If anything, you want to get like the the Marcus Morris value of like a late first rounder at minimum or involve him in like a package deal to upgrade at that position. Like I totally understand that. But I just the contracts too. Yeah. And look, I, I totally get that. I understand that logic one hundred percent. 
me, how I'm looking at Evan Fournier, I have not seen a level of consistency. If he can get 15 points, which if he was giving me 15 on a nightly basis, you don't even hear me. I, I will be quiet. The thing is that he's averaging 15 by going 40, then eight, then 32, and then like, like six. And it's like, yo, we cannot have this. Right. We can't because you're, it, you look, he reminds me of this, of Tim Hardaway Jr. Where we were like, okay, cool. Now you're going off, but defensively, like you're picking and choosing what nights you want to defend. And we can't have that. You can't put up 40 and give the other guy 45. Like that doesn't work sure. that way. So, and that's my frustration. I, I like love Timmy. I knew what Timmy was. He was asked to do. I feel like we keep doing this to guys. We asked him to be players are not supposed to be like Timmy's not supposed to be a second option on a team. Right. But we had him as a second option. <laughs> he still thinks like, he's a second option. So. Hey, he's having a great. He's having a great year for yeah, sure. But yeah, to your in point, his, not in, as a in, second option in his role. He's having yeah. a phenomenal year. Evan Fournier, not a second option, but we're asking him to be a second option, especially when you look at that contract and you can't bench him. You can't even ask him to come off the bench with that type of contract because then everyone's just looking at you funny, like. You paid how much for this bench guy? Like he's making Eric Bledsoe money, and Eric Bledsoe is still getting. <laughs> granted, he's coming off the bench, but Clippers yeah, are like, so. we didn't pay, we didn't pay this guy, so we we actually have some uh, leeway to be doing this. Um, but that's why he was starting out in Milwaukee after the extension, and Milwaukee's like, yo, what the hell did we do here? And they moved on from him. So I get it. Like if if Evan Fournier turns it around, like I said, I'll take my words back. I am happy to be wrong and happy to pull my word, take my but like just to to call it out and and, and take it. But as of right now, from what I've seen, like just a couple of good games doesn't get me back on this Evan Fournier, uh, this Evan Fournier wagon. Uh, yeah, that's all. I, that's all I got to say. I have a question for you guys, um, and it's basically Emmanuel. Or damn it, I kind of just tipped my hand a little. But I was gonna say, what do you guys think about our starting point guard situation? Because I think it's important to touch on that too. I mean, you guys riding with Burks. You guys want to see IQ start. Do you guys want to see McBride? What do you want? Like, because that's a huge question. You know what I mean? Like, that's until we life, answer man. that, it's hard to not be like super <laughs> yeah. excited. Like Wait, the Vinci code, bro. My whole life, this has been the question: Who's going to be the starting point guard? For real. So how do you feel, John? It, it can't be IQ because I love him off the bench, and we saw when he starts, he's just not the same. Doesn't really mold into that situation. Alec Burks is a nice band-aid. But, I mean, honestly, if you want to ask me how to fix his team, we trade Randall for Dame Lillard. You trade Randall, you get a point guard, you throw OB in there. If you want to tinker to try to get Miles Turner, you know, by trading Noel somehow. Because, But I don't know if we're Carlisle and Noel are friends. So I don't think that's going to happen. You straight up sued the Mavericks. So I don't know what's going on, you know, over there. Um, but, like, that's the only situation I could see that our point guard situation is going to be fixed. Other than that, man, you just band-aid it up with Alec Burks. IQ comes in off the bench. McBride, whenever there's a chance, hopefully D. Rose comes back rejuvenated, you know, with sure. that ankle. And then you just, you know, you, you know maybe do a, a plug-and-play with whatever you can get, you know, in the trade deadline, eat up some money. but. It's, unless you trade for Dame Lillard for like Randall or some blockbuster what, deal, it's what just, about it's just uh, not going to happen. What about De'Aaron, or De'Aaron Fox. Fox? Yeah, I mean, if you want to send Randall to to NBA hell, to NBA purgatory <laughs> rather in Sacramento, you can do that and maybe get De'Aaron Fox. But if we get Buddy Heald, I'm I'm going to have 
bad thoughts. <laughs> we might have to send someone to my house for a while. It would not be Buddy Healed, even though he has a depre- he has a declining contract. It would probably be Marvin Bagley, uh, which is not. I, I don't mind oh, taking no. Marvin Bagley uh, with, like a a with a Halliburton or a Fox. But yeah, if we got Fox yeah, and then just we, like took a gamble on a future or like a former top what was the number one Holmes. pick, right? I want Rashawn yeah. Holmes all day, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, we'll see. You we'll, want we'll the whole Kings there. roster, basically? No, honestly, no, we, if we can get one of them. I mean, they have too many guards. They know yeah. that. We know that. I just if I get Buddy Hield, um, I will have I will have aneurysms. I can't get Buddy Hield on the squad. He would. Ruin what, what do you have against Buddy Hield, man? I want to know this. <laughs> he would do nothing on this team. He would just be another Nick point guard. He will just be the typical, stereotypical, terrible Knicks point guard who is not a point, point guard. guard. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Going. Okay. I, 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 I That's see exactly what, what he would be. He would just be a guy who was, yeah, yeah, he's good off the dribble. Maybe we'll get a double. We'll dish out. Him and RJ, it's going to be sick. You know, with like a shooting guard. Like, it's going to be terrible. I don't, don't want Buddy Hill anywhere near this team. Well, just to let you know, John, Buddy Hill just. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, uh, nah. Bomb. Yeah, please no. Uh, oh, I, I don't really like if Buddy Hill was like our shooting guard, like a, a, a true shooting guard, I'd have no problem with that. But um, for for the point guard question, like I'm not as a, I like Emmanuel Quickly coming off the bench right now because I think it, he's still growing as a point guard. I don't think he can necessarily have that full command of the off. Like when you're the starting point guard, there's a level of command that you need to have, and he's just. Not quite there yet, especially when you got to attack the teeth of the defense. Doesn't really have a layup package. We're starting to see his mid range come through. Uh, he's finding guys. He's playmaking, doing a better job at that. But he's getting better. There's a difference of being getting better and being ready to do all those things at a starting level. And he's showing that he's making those type of improvements. I can be optimistic, saying, "Hey, maybe one day he can be that type of starting point guard for this team that we've been dying for." And you see. During summer league, Tibbs coaching him on the court after games, like, hey, look for this, look for this, do all this, X, Y, and Z. And it seems like Tibbs is highly invested in him to develop that playmaking skill, to have that type of point guard play. But as of right now, I like him coming off the bench. I think he orchestrates the bench really well. I think he's a good leader for that bench when you have Grimes, when you have Obi Toppin. And you see Taj gives him that leeway to be that type of facilitator, to be that playmaker. I think he works really well with that unit. I think when you start promoting him up to that top unit, they look for him to be a scorer. And it's just tough because we need someone to actually orchestrate that that offense. And even when you're watching Alec Burks, he's a good, like I agree with John, he's a fine Band-Aid because he can just, he has some moves he can get lost in his own sauce for a little bit. (laughs) But he's just the guy from like Mike, dude. He's just a guy from like Mike. He looks exactly like him. He plays like him. Like he needs a star. He's literally, I don't know what the guy's name is. He's literally a sidekick from like Mike. And the other thing is like he offers, I think, more consistent scoring than IQ too to be in that starting unit. So I'm not I'm all I'm okay with that. He's not a he's not a good playmaker. He'll get you he'll have some nights, but I'd rather take that and let IQ thrive in that with that second unit and then what's what's look at next year like if he can do take that next step next year then for sure throw him in there with those lineups but or even do it now like when you have those good matchups to do so but i'd rather see iq thrive with that bench unit for now because i think he has a better command and let alec burks just be this utility man that he is um even though i like burks coming off the bench too and just being a 
off ball score. Yeah, that's when he's a flamethrower. That's my only thing is like he, he's his production has fallen off like purely on like a personal level, like you know, statistics, like since he's been asked to take on this role. Like he yeah. hasn't had a big game really in a long time. I mean, the 34 point game was was huge, but yeah, and he was this back was in like his, role his first solid game. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, I feel like if we want to kind of get that back. It's just an idea. I agree. I totally think what you guys are saying is valid, but it is something I've been thinking for a while, like long before this little recent stretch where it's kind of becoming popular to be like start IQ again. I just think it would be interesting. It it, it could, it could potentially give us a spark, I think, but it would require shifting Evan Fournier to a bench role, but letting him, and I know that's probably not going to, you know, go over that well. It's a political thing, but I think if he was able to like, you know, try to go off like off the bench. I think he could be more uh, uh, playing more like he's accustomed to like how he was in uh, Orlando, at least for spurts, for stretches, instead of kind of just getting lost in watching a lot of ISO from Julius, et cetera. I don't know. And I, and I like what we saw from IQ when in the first quarter of that Celtics game, I mean, it's one quarter, so let's not like hang our hat on it, but he was, he was spreading the rock. He had some nice assists, like not even just, you know, like some of them were flashy. Some of them were nice, savvy, extra passes. He hit RJ in that corner. He did that extra pass to Mitch, like for the dunk. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think Burks is kind of suffering in that role, but I agree with you that he's a good bandaid and and it's getting the job done. It's, I think we, I, I would, I would like to see IQ try and fall flat on his face and then we could just, you know, yeah, back away from that put it back to like, like how it was already, i think i think like yeah. we saw it. i think we i think we did see it without Rand. like this is when especially against the raptors without randall like oh I, that's I think not fair saw, though i know i, I know it's not fair the year. how about beginning of the year iq tried it out too uh but you can grow dirt after like the from the beginning of the year. like you can make those changes as you grow on from now like you can add stuff like look we didn't see as much he popped out that mid-range game quite a few times right. yesterday. I was like, all right, okay. We didn't see this yeah. at the beginning of the season. So I could, I'm fine with like letting it try and like, yeah, it's not fair to say like without Randall, what could he do? Um, I just feel like I really like him with that. Se- like that second unit is just bad, man. Like if, if there's yeah. no IQ, it is bad. Like we're like I, McBride. I love McBride, but, and I thought Houston was like a good showing for him. And then it comes out like against Toronto. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. And Tibbs is not even trusting him right now. So who do we have to go run that second unit? If we have no Derek Rose, like if we had Derek Rose, I would, I would say, okay, well, let's give this thing a try because at least that's what he, I'm saying. Yeah. Rose, Rose with Fournier, like that can't be that bad. Come on. No, you think it would be terrible. I think, no, I think you just have Rose, uh, Grimes and Burks and you could put quickly with that start if you really wanted to, um, <sighs> I know it's rough. They're not gonna start the only reason, that's the thing. They're not going to. That's the thing. Is, when you say thing. it out loud, it sounds so bad. It's just guy. we don't have that guy. We don't have like that Rose. guy. That's it. We don't have we that just guy. We still have a Rose, we, though. Yeah. We yeah, yeah have, no, it's exactly that. See, we don't have that guy. Ankle injury, bro. Forget him. He's not going to come back. Like you know, he's not starting, and that's the thing. He's not going to start coming off that ankle. He's going to be like, "Yo, man, I really need my 20, 25 minutes," and and that's it. Like, yo, let quick do this. Yeah, like. And that's the crazy part. We had uh, we got two guys, <laughs> Kemba and D Rose. We're like, all right, we're situated. If one goes out, we got the other, and the other one will come back. We're in purgatory no, we with, when it comes to the point guard. Guys, it is. all right. Are we trading Randall before this before this deadline? No. Uh, the all only right, way. Steve, the, okay, go ahead. 
the only way the only way we're trading Randall is if he asks for it and it really gets to like a tipping point like on the fan base level where it is just so gross even then I don't think you could trade him man I I really just don't think you could trade I think you really have to tell him like yo dude you got to suck this thing up you made your own bed with this and for real I I think he'd have to I think he'd have to secretly request the trade probably for them to secret. There's no secret right now, man. He's George yeah. Costanzing it up as much as possible. There's no, no secret. For sure. He's, and I don't know. I mean, it's a little unrelated, but quick, I just want to say like, it's crazy how much his emotions have taken over this, this year. Dude. Cause I mean, I, I know we saw the emotion last year, but we saw it in a different light and we loved that sort of side of it but there's this yep. other side too and it, it is very him against the world right now and you know i feel like he's approaching all aspects of his game that way right now and it's just it's it's it, there he felt a little toxic out there yesterday uh he, just watching and just yeah. seeing the what everyone today else was crazy around bro. The interview yeah. today was crazy so like, it's possible what? it's possible but no, I, sure, I don't think sure. that i think we i think we tough it out and we, at worst case, we reassess next year. That's like the smart sort of, you know, I, I don't Listen, know, man. Steve, I cannot have a whole year of what's been going on the last week. That's yeah. that, This is my only caveat. I don't care who you are. I can't do this from January to April. And then, God forbid, I when the playoffs, I'm going to have to deal with this in the playoffs too. And then you're signed on for a bunch of years. We just signed you to an extension. So, Honestly, if this if this is not going to shape up within the next three weeks, honestly, like I, this is my probation period. I really don't care. Like you just can't be toxic. I can't have this every single game. Yeah, the, the press conferences are ridiculous. I know Dolan is fuming. I know he is. He does not like that. He does not like when players suck with the media. He does not like that Randall gave the finger to the fans. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he doesn't thumbs like down, not the finger. Thumbs down. Oh, not sorry. The no, might as yeah, well have okay. been. Not might as well have been the finger. Right? <laughs> Honestly, it might as well have been better. You did say shut the f up. Like you did yeah, say that. Whatever. Yeah. Like, like I'm, at this point, we're mincing words. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's how I feel. That's how I feel with that. Let, let me just before we jump into the schedule. We mentioned Mitch. We mentioned Noel, and Steve mentioned Taj too. So props to Taj and Mitch, man. I. We're, so, we're this is the thing we're so we're, we flip flop all over the place, right? Because at this point, if we trade Mitch, like what do we have? Like even if we like even if we trade him for Miles Turner, I'd be worried at this point. So oh my god, another guy that's also injury prone too, Miles Turner. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'd be worried sure. about that. Like at this point, if Noel goes, fine, but I, we can't get rid of Mitch, can we? Mm, yeah, no. There's no, no. way. Well, yeah, I feel like. And people have been saying like they hate the Noel contract, like that we paid him too much. I once again, if you're saying Randall was just doing business, paying Noel was also doing business after what he gave us last season, being a defensive acre, we need to be the fourth best def- best defensive team. Oh, poor guy care. deserves it, bro. He got screwed yeah. by the NBA. It's agents and nonsense. Like, yeah, man. Like his story, yeah, he deserved a little bag at some yeah. point. Yo, I'm not and like I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to hate over uh, Noel that much for his contract. Um, but it just stinks, man, because if he hasn't played and it's like the knee, he was in health and safety protocol. We don't know why he, like we, he must have had COVID or we don't know if he was resting more because he was out longer than usual and he's still resting. Uh, they say he may, he's questionable to come back this weekend. It's, you know, it's tough because we need another center and Taj Gibson, as much as I like Taj being the vet okay, that listen, he is, dude, like, it's just like, tough. 
we honestly we wouldn't beat the Spurs without Taj Gibson. Mitch oh, could yeah, not guard yeah. P- Potel. I know I can't ever get his name right, but Potel's Fertile. a beast. Fertile. And 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 he couldn't guard him. And without mm-hmm. Taj Gibson, we honestly would have lost yesterday, even if Noel was healthy. So I don't know. Honestly, it took both of them because Mitch was doing a good job on like the offensive glass. He had Taj doing a good job on they're both like filling each other's gaps that <laughs> that they weren't covering very well. Um but no, I agree with you, man. And like trading wise, well, since we're talking about trading, uh, let's talk about Jeremy Grant. Uh, let's talk about uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, we already knew because Shans reported yesterday. Today is uh, Tuesday, January 11th. Uh, we're now at 8.13 p.m. Yesterday it was reported by Shams uh, Sharnia that the Knicks are interested in Miles Turner, which we already knew. And Jeremy Grant, and today from SNY, thanks to Ian Begley, we now are getting rumors that the Knicks are also interested in Cam Reddish. So, guys, going to ask you this right now: Do you want either Jeremy Grant or Cam Reddish on this team? And if so, what would you be willing? Who 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 would you trade? What type of trade would you do? Give me just some sort of like. Eyeball trade that uh, you, you do to make to get one of these guys, Steve. Since you're our guest, I'll, I'll have you go first. All right, I'll uh, I'll say that the the rumors are definitely interesting. It's good to hear uh, quality names. You know what I mean. Sometimes you get, and I, I think there has been some Russell Westbrook smoke, but I really pray that. And I, and I'm, I know they're not going to go oh, down yes. that route. But Please, my point no. is like we're hearing some some solid names. I like those guys. You know, they give you something on both sides of the ball. Jer- Jeremy Grant showed us in the playoffs that he's for real. Um, he's not the number one guy, but he's the one of the two that I would give more for. Obviously, I think that's a given. Um, <clears throat> depends with Cam on the price range. Um, if we're talking like. I don't know. I mean, there's no way they're going to take the neuros deal, but like if it's something that gets one of our vets, you know, moved and and we have this young, like sort of exciting player that is electric with RJ and has been in the past, like that would be pretty cool. So if it costs us like a Burks, it would be, it would be painful. It would be painful. I love Burks, but those are the types of players I'm looking maybe to attach some picks to. I I don't want to give up quickly, OB, those guys, not for Cam Reddish personally. Um, those guys make sense in a Jeremy Grant trade, not both of them, hopefully, but you know, I could see us giving up OB in a trade like that if it's not to get rid of Randall. Uh, if it is to move Randall, obviously OB is still kind of in that log jam situation, maybe. Or, or maybe they slide Jeremy Grant to the three more often. That'll be that'll be cool. So yeah, I guess I'd give up like a package centered around Randall for Jeremy Grant if it wasn't too costly for us outside of that. Um, and for Cam Reddish, probably some of our vet, like older vets that are on sort of, you know, those middle contracts. Okay. John, what about, what are you thinking, man? Honestly, IQ, Obi, all those people are off the table for these two guys. Even Randall. He's off. They're off the table. Like I know Jeremy Grant. He's really good, and they're gonna want Randall. But if if that if that's what it is, then I'm sorry. Like we'll just we'll talk later. Like uh, if we're talking Jeremy Grant, like we're starting with Fournier and we're adding to that. Like for, for me, like that's just my phone call. Um, 
Like we could throw in Sims for I you. Like that. You know, we could we can throw in some picks for you. We can add some other players that you might like, you know, might intrigue you. But we're not well, I'm not giving you IQ or OB or Randall for these guys. I understand why you'd want Randall if you had Jeremy Grant, right? But uh that's just not where this is not where my head's at with these guys. Cameron should be nice to have. Um if you're doing Grant, you're going to need Fournier's contract. So that would yep. be a swap. Grant will be fantastic on this team, um, especially with no Fournier, right? Because they will just be able to bump everyone up a little bit, right? It'll just be RJ and Grant yep. plus Randall. Yeah, yeah be so a big that's, team. Yeah, so like that's that that could work. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. There would be great additions, but I'm not getting rid of our premium players for them. I'll, I'll even give them – like McBride, if they want, you know what I mean for Grant. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those guys, like plus a pick or something. But they're not getting. What if it had to play. be Grimes? Would you do it? Good word. For for Grant, uh, I mean, here Fournier and Grimes for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, like you do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I do. I do that, it. That's a real player. He plays defense. He's a real wing. He has his contract. There's no issues. You know what I mean? He's not a head case. Like everything's fine. You got you, just, you got to do that. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to win now or within the next five years, like you, that's Grimes is more of a project kind of guy. You know what I mean? Grant is right here, right now. Like, let's do it. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I think my thing with Grant is that, like, he's played most of his career at the power forward. I know he could play at the wing. He did that out in Denver. He came in at as a as a wing too. I don't really consider him as a bona fide wing to make that type of move for. And I would want like a bona fide wing. I think he's good defensively. I think he's a good role player, but if I'm upgrading at the wing, I really want to upgrade at the wing. You know, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when I look at Jeremy Grant, even though I don't think it's a realistic trade, you would probably be like, I would rather move Julius Randall to bring in Jeremy Grant just because I feel like it's just, it, just the quality of player you got to surround Grant with like, Think, let's keep in mind when he was out in Denver and he was like looking good. He had Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and that whole squad out there that was that was looking well, pretty like, good. And we don't have that type Obi, of caliber player. You can keep him with Obi and like my stupid brain. Like, and we'll, if we're trading Randall, it'd be very athletic. Card, if we're trading Randall for for like Lillard, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? You have Dame, RJ, Grant, Obi, and like Mitch. Like that's that's a five that I could rock with, and it's like not that you know crazy. Or if it's Fox. Right, like Fox. I think Fox would be more realistic for a younger yeah, squad. Okay, like that's that. fine. Yeah, so so like Fox, RJ, Grant, Ob, and like Mitch. That's that's a that's a playoff team to me. Yeah, no, it's a for good. Sure. It's a, it's definitely a good team too. I just don't. I think Grant, as much as I like Grant as a player, I don't think it's realistic unless you're. The thing is, if they're not going to move Randall, which I don't see why Detroit would want Randall too, because they're going really really young. That's my thing. So Randall Stewart, does, though, bro. If we touch, yeah. if we call Detroit, Isaiah Stewart better be on, better be on that. Call. Yo, if we're doing package, if we're doing a package deal to get Isaiah Stewart, John's got me on the Isaiah Stewart train. That I'll buy a jersey. Yeah, I'll buy a jersey tomorrow. I don't. I'm like almost done buying jerseys. Yo, I think he won me over. The fact that he ran like a crazy man to go get LeBron James, he he won me over. So, sure. <laughs> even though yeah. even though that wasn't right, but he, he won me over doing that 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 wildness. Uh, but. I don't think Jamie Grant is that realistic. I think Cam Reddish is like really realistic to upgrade at the wing. I yeah. think that would involve a, tra- a trade around like Evan Fournier um, just to add but someone like solid. Those contracts are like so far off. 
It's a package deal that you're getting red with Reddish, man. There, there's got to be someone I feel else. Like it's Kevin Knox, bro. Like, all right, you guys want. Red, I would like, not be surprised. Like, if right, here's Knox. What else do you guys want? Like, what are you talking if about, if Fournier guys? Like, we're talking Cam Reddish, bro. Like, if, if I got that's what if, if I'm. If then they're going to want somebody call, back. Then you're going to say, hey, we're going to take Cam Reddish. Here's Quentin Grimes. Here's Deuce McBride. You have to give no, one of those guys. Those guys, guys are just... way better. Like, Cam Reddish no, has I... gotten his chance. You know what I mean? He's he's on yeah. the decline. He's he's but the... Cam Reddish is more to, to, Atlanta, to Atlanta. Cam Reddish is more seen like Kevin Knox than For he sure. is to Grimes. You know what I'm trying to say from their perspective? Yeah, no, so I get that. You have to see it like that as well. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. And but the thing is, like, if you're gonna trade one of those young players, you're probably giving an asset too as a draft pick to go get him back because you're saying, Hey, we see this guy as a valued player where we don't need a draft pick. We don't want to waste a spot on another player that we want to develop. We already see growth from this guy, which he has shown growth, like from the games that he's gotten. And I would take that swing on Cam Reddish, especially using him off the bench, um, as a good wing. But that's just the way I'm thinking. I, I the deal for Cam Reddish would be interesting. I don't know how high uh Atlanta values Cam Reddish and what they want to get back because they even put him down in the G League for a little bit. Like they 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 I'm saying they don't they he's, they he's haven't given him a lot of chance. Yeah. Like we're last not, time they they're not giving Fournier, bro. Last time they put somebody in the G League though, we gave them 75 mil or whatever, right? <laughs> Tim Tim Hardaway. <laughs> Dude, we, we pay all the G League players, right? Hashtag Alonzo Trip. For sure. Okay. This guy's just, <laughs> this guy's just attacking me left and right today. Great. Well, I got you twice on Trier today. Oh, uh, you're a Trier stan? I am. <laughs> I can't even get a 10 day when they're, when they're, when they're handing out 10 days to Dirk Nowitzki, bro. Damn. Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Dirk, you come out of retirement real quick? Nah, man. Like, yo, when I saw him on the court for his ceremony, congrats to Dirk Nowitzki. I was like, yo, you are dad bod right now. You are a full on dad vibe. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate your service to the NBA. But man, that's uh this has been good stuff, guys. This has been a lot of good stuff. Let's let's wrap this thing up and get into the schedule. You know, uh, let's see, because we are going to get back on. Uh, so, John, how do you want to do this? Since we're going to be changing <laughs> up the schedule, live talking about it, I don't know, because I'm going to be at the. I'm taking 25 family members to the Hornets game for the Martin Luther King Day, so we can wrap up after that. But I know we're having a Knicks fan TV event the next day for the Timberwolves game. So we'll be at that as well. So I don't know when do you want to, when do you want to come back and, and, and do this? You want to come should back just come after back, the Timberwolves? Should we come back Sunday? Just get something for the week ready? Like something like that. And then we'll see. Nah. Let's do the schedule. Let's just, let's just do the schedule right now uh, for the, at least the next four or five games, just to see, just to All see right. where, cause I want to know what Steve thinks right now. Let's, let's yeah, go yeah, up yeah. to, let's go up to the end of our homestand. Uh, okay. Up, 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 just to the Clippers. Let's see. We got that's a lot of games, but let's see uh, what our outlook is going to be because there's a lot of turmoil. We've been talking about turmoil, you know, all week. So let's see what's going to satisfy us, right? We got six games until next Sunday, the 23rd. Let's see. What do you guys think is going on here? We first we start with the Mavericks, and then we go to this daunted Hawks. Team, maybe that's when we start looking at Cam Reddish, see what he can do. Maybe look at our players <laughs> for sure. All right, maybe Alec Burks goes off. They're like, All right, we'll take him. Maybe we, we, we do a little bit of that, and then we got the Hornets and Timberwolves, which we just mentioned. We'll be at tapped off with the Pelicans Knicks, which was a crazy game last year when they came to town. But Zion may or may not be back, probably not. And then Sunday, one o'clock, Clippers at home. That just sounds scary to me. We're never ready. Yeah. We're not going to be ready for that game. But anyway, uh, 
What do you guys think, man? What do you think, Alex? I'll just say this before. I don't think Alec Burks is going to get traded, man. I think he offers too much being a, I, one of our best isolation scorers that if we get rid of him off this team, this team really (laughs) takes a drop. I think, I think, I think that man's safe personally. So Burks hive guys who are out there calling him MJ, Keep posting, uh, retweeting photos of him and his wife uh, doing, uh, I think it was their wedding or like whatever, their engagement photos. Don't worry, guys. I think you guys are safe. But uh, looking at this slate of games, I'm going to take a win against the Mavericks uh, coming up first. KP is already out. Uh, he's been reported not oh, to play that game. No. Yeah, he's not playing. Oh, that changes everything. I really wanted to go to the Garden yeah. tomorrow. I thought KP was going to be there. Oh, oh. KP is not going to be there. Uh who else was there? Someone else was reported. Yeah, I think someone else was reported that they're not going to be playing tomorrow against uh, against the uh, against That's the Knicks. I think it may have been Timmy, but I know KP is out for sure. KP is out for sure uh, tomorrow, so we're, you're not going to see KP. No, 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 no bloodbath there. So I think it's going to be a win against the Mavs at home. We've been doing really well. We got we're on a four game winning streak. Winning at home too. I think I think we keep it rolling. Take him down there. I think we also go down to Atlanta. I think we go and beat Atlanta because Atlanta's down bad too. I don't, I think they're a struggling team. Eesh. Yeah, I, I I I they look like a struggling team. Do not get do not get fooled by this team when they got hot for the playoffs last season. This team, look, there's there's a good team in there. They just haven't found it yet. But it ain't there right now. These guys are struggling. Find the versus the Knicks. <laughs> if if we were home, I would say more so likely. But we even beat them at home. But I don't, I think we still. Once again, take it down to we we go down to Atlanta and win because we beat them down there before with Trey Young. Okay. We okay. beat them without Trey Young for Christmas Day. He probably wants to come back and go off because he wasn't there for Christmas Day. Everyone's saying F Trey Young uh <laughs> after the game, even though he didn't play, guys. You're all too wild for that. Come on now. <laughs> uh but I think he's gonna try to give a, a a good performance, but I still think the Knicks come out with a win. This game, coming back home against the Hornets, I'm calling that one an L. I'm sorry you're gonna be there, John. I just think uh, I can't have an L. I can't have an L that day. I don't care. That's Lamelo. I cannot have an L that my whole family, like twenty five, I'm gonna get killed for that. Like they have to win this game. I hope so. It's awesome that you're <laughs> doing that though. But I not, hope so. Hey, they better win this game, Steve. I know they at least have Ubre currently. You know, I, you know, I like Ubre. You know, that's my guy. Loki. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm. I think we should have signed him because he's only oh, making we're twelve home. mil. Oh my goodness. Hey, he's only making 12 mil. But but yeah, anyway. <laughs> this what game, I'm saying this is, game is screaming an Ubre blow up. Oh yeah, yeah. Er, er, but he's in protocols, but it's it's what seven days from now, six days. If he, uh, if he he's gonna back, be back. He's gonna be he, back. If he if he comes back, if he's asymptomatic, test negative twice, and he's back for that day, I'm calling an Ubre just stupid bonkers game. When did he get put 30. on? When did he get put on? Just do the calculations. You're like, I cannot have this. He's well, like, because I it, have this. well, you know, you know. I mean, my tinfoil hat is is on at this moment. I mean, the CDC and the NFL. Come on. I mean, all of a sudden, <laughs> we have less than one week of protocols <laughs> right before For playoffs. Real. So come on, just tell me, was it before Monday? Because that's how that's how I do my calculations. This is everything is around football, so it's one week. So if it's Monday, he could still play. If it's a Sunday Monday game, which is what we have here, when did he go on? Do you know? <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what day. Uh, oh, you're asking me on Ubre. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm saying yeah. I think he went in yesterday or the day before, so he will be back. 
Okay, the, 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 yeah, the, the we're iffy. Feet. Yeah, we're iffy. If it's Sunday, unless he's symptomatic or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's iffy. So we'll see what happens there. I don't yeah, know, dude. I, keep I, going. Bridges went off on us last time. Yeah, yep. that's. I'm worried about Bridges for sure. Yeah. Well, look, Mello, Bridges obviously. Us. Yeah. Well, Melo is well, Melo is a blockbuster man, and just that team. That team's good. Uh, we should have given up team. Mitch for Lamelo. That, that Mitch for the second oh, pick. Man, <laughs> we didn't want to uh, do that. Man. All right. So Alex, for the first three, you have us at two and one. Yep. And then Minnesota. Hold on, hold on, Steve. What do you guys for the first three? I got us. I got three and zero, oh, baby. I got three and zero. Let's go. I'm going oh, three right. and zero, oh, bro. I'm going three okay. and zero. Oh. All right. I I'm gonna go win at home versus the Mavericks, especially with no KP. I'm going to go revenge loss at Atlanta on a Saturday night because they, we beat them on Christmas. And then I'm, I'm going to take – I'm betting with my heart. I'm going with my heart a 1 o'clock on a Monday after a travel day on a Sunday. I don't care. We better beat the Hornets on Martin Luther King Day, which I know we're not going to, but we better. So I need, I need to be 2-1 and one there. And Alex, I'll let you finish off with the three. We got Timberwolves at the Knicks. We got the Pelicans at the Knicks. Then we got the Clippers at the Knicks. Finish off this homestand. What do we got? Yeah, man. Uh, Minnesota. We're going to be there, bro. We're going to be there. Uh, I hope it's a win. First game together. KJE in the building. Uh, Jeez, man. This is going to be a tough one. It is so tough because we didn't face Cat. We did not face Cat either. Or D'Angelo, face, right? Or D'Angelo or Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah. And we still almost like barely won. And we still almost blew that game. <laughs> oh, man. Depending on how – this is a back-to-back. Oh, goodness I feel I have a really tough time calling losses when I go, and especially when they're bad teams. Even though sure, because you don't want to be there for a loss, man. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I go all the time. Like, they have to lose a lot. So, I go all the time. It's on me. So, I'm with you, but. Um, I, I, I need to win. I, feel good. I need to win here. I need to win too. I need to win too. I hope it is a I win. I need to go I'm, two and zero. I'm gonna split, obviously, but bro, there's no way on a back to back that they're winning both games. This is not that team from last season. Yeah. This is not that team. <laughs> <laughs> at least they have. At least they one have of to win one. PM, You're gonna bro. get one win. I'll tell you I that. I need two. I need two, Alex. If you get two, we're sending you to the garden every single night, bro. That's what we're doing from here on out. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't do that, dude. I would not do that. I mean, I, I, the only one I don't feel confident right now is about the Hornets, but we'll see the roster they pull out. Tim, we can make the Timberwolves, man. Come on. Minnesota Timberwolves, A-Rod's team? For sure. We can. We can. We can. But D'Angelo has been in his bag, man. He's been getting, like, double doubles left and right, which is we're, not We're stuck on this Timberwolves does. game for a reason. We're stuck yeah, on this. Oh, man. All right. All fine. right. Because okay. I, I, the Pelicans has to be a win. That like, has to be. That. that has to be a win. It's the the Clippers is going to be a loss. The Clippers is going to be a loss. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really the Timberwolves. It's really between the Timberwolves and the Hornets game for me that I'm like, it's a toss-up. I feel like I don't want to put bad energy out there. I'm going to say it's a win against the Timberwolves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that nice guy. I'm going to say... We're going to beat the Timberwolves. Um, so it goes win against the Mavericks, win against Atlanta, L against the Hornets, win against the Timberwolves, win against the Pelicans, L against the uh, the Clippers. So, uh, Steve, what do, you, what do you got? I like that. I, th- I think you're probably, you're probably right, to be honest with you. Um, 
But I'm going six and zero, oh, bro. I'm I'm still going six and zero. Oh. Wow, this is Let's the turnaround, go. man. It's Let's time, go. bro. I and this it. might age like milk, but we'll see. We'll see, bro. <laughs> I love and it. I even think we might go into Cleveland right after that. You know, I, I don't want to pre-shadow too much, foreshadow too much, but yeah, man. We okay. We just gotta build. I love it. Hey, we know there's Steve a good version the of this team. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not going to look. This is all I want to say is like these teams are the types of teams we'll probably come out sometimes with a lackluster effort. But then when it gets harder, we've seen ourselves step up against some of those teams and at least, you know, raise our level of competitiveness and things like that. So I don't know. We just got to find a way to do it against some of those guys. And then that next stretch, I at least think we'll see, you know, this team fighting and clawing in a way we haven't seen uh for some time and that's what we've been sort of you know doing and second guessing a little bit yeah exactly <laughs> to be so honest John, that's what i was a little worried about with the pelicans because like I, I i think we're gonna beat the the mavericks lose to the hawks beat the hornets and Ma- wolves and my you know optimistic brain and if the, and if we're sitting there the pelicans is a typical knicks loss typical knicks loss nobody coming to town nobody playing and we just stink like we go like six for 47, <laughs> three, mm-hmm. like that is so typical for us. So for sure, I'm going to go. I don't think we're going to beat the Clippers at one o'clock on Sunday. That is, I don't care where the Clippers are going to be. I don't care what their record is. I don't care where their schedule is. We're going to lose that game. That just feels like an L. So I'm going to go four and two. I'm going to go four and two because I don't know. We're all four. I think, well, besides three, Steve, who's no, six three. and oh. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I'm six yeah, and oh, but and I believe four and two is realistic. But, you know, I'm just being a little ridiculous. Four and two, day. four and two. But the Pelicans game is really my, my, whether or not we're going to be 500. And that's going to be, that's going to be a, a, a mental toughness game because I think that if we're, if we're, especially if we beat the Hornets and Wolves. And we had a hard game in Atlanta, whether we won or lost. I think this is a typical, like, who cares about the Pelicans? They have nobody. We get the Clippers next game, and we lose. So, yeah. I got four and two. And with yeah. the with, with the Pelicans being my, don't know. Yeah. I got four and two as well, and it's uh, the Hornets, uh, my end. Hope Which could so also wrong. be the Timberwolves. But Hope you're so wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too for your sake, man. We don't need your family being like, why do you root for this team? My oh my god. god. Oh my god. I'm already I'm already brazing for it. Especially because we have to wake <laughs> up early for we have to wake up early because it's a one o'clock in, in the garden. So nah, like you realistically, guys- <laughs> you gotta leave your house at like 10. Yeah, it's true. Those yeah, day games bad. definitely make for some interesting mornings. But <laughs> it's nah, like I, baseball. I, it's like when the Yankee game's like, oh yeah, it's at one, great. But then that means I have to like be up at like 9 30 having breakfast. And like, go to the you know, Bronx. With, yeah. For me it's fine, but I already know. I already know. I'm already waiting for my but even my parents to go into this game. Dude, it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one to swallow. If Lamelo does something crazy too, it's gonna be a tough one to swallow. That's gonna be rough. That's gonna be rough. But yo, on that note, I think this was a fun pod guys. Steve, thank you for coming on, man, and joining us. Please let our listeners know where they can find you and all your material, my man. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me on. It's always a pleasure. You know, I'm always down. So uh, we, we got to do it again sometime soon. Um, as far as where they can find me, uh, definitely check out Spacely Media um, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Spacely Media. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm putting out a few series now. I, I, I'm doing a lot of different covers, uh, all types of stuff, you know, uh, sporadically. Uh, but, you know, the 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 staple is Bakker back pages and we're just dying for uh, the Knicks to give us some back page worthy performances because, you know, I got some I got some heat ready. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, check it out. And, uh, you know, or you could just see my stuff on Reddit sometimes, usually the morning after a game. Um, yeah, man. By the way, I don't know if you guys noticed. I just want to ask you quickly, but there's like this account now that started following people, including me earlier, and it's the official the Twitter of Next Nick's Reddit. You think it's legit? Uh, or you think it's we'll just see. like a clout chaser? We'll see, man. We'll see. If it's a clout anyway. chaser, it's getting the unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, same, exactly. But um, but yeah, anyway, you know where to find me, man. Always a pleasure. So uh let's do it again sometime, man. Definitely. Appreciate it, bro. And yo, our every six out months, there, every six <laughs> months, man, this man's months, back yeah. on. So we'll hear, we go. we'll hear from Steve uh, when the off season comes around and we'll get his takes from what he thinks on the season overall. But everyone, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, et cetera, podcast. You know what to do. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts and to leave a comment if that's where you listen to us, or if you listen on Spotify, make sure to give us a five-star rating on there as well. But if you don't listen to us on any of those platforms, it's okay. We're on, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa, you name it, we are there. On top of that, we're also on the YouTube channel. So you get to see these beautiful mugs on the YouTube. So make <laughs> sure to go over to Nick's comma Jets, comma ETC, Nick's Jets, etc. Look for that page, hit the subscribe button, watch these videos, hit the like button, and hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. Also, while you're over there, we got winning picks weekly. John and video producer Greg go down the NFL slate. They're 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 gonna be doing playoffs, I presume. Right, guys, you, you you are doing playoffs and they're about to do some NBA betting as well. So make sure to go over there and check it out. They had a killer week last week. These guys, John's, like you said, he's back from Africa. You can see the board clearly. Vegas, baby. This man, Vegas this Raiders. Man, we needed the Raiders so bad. This, Thank God for the Raiders. We're going to send John out to Vegas because <laughs> he sees the board so clearly and make this money for this podcast. You know what it is. Now, we don't need to go to Vegas anymore, man. Sports betting legal in New York. Let's go. That's a fact. That's a fact. Make sure to bet responsibly, too. Make sure to bet <laughs> responsibly. And last, but certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Shits, etc. podcast. We'll catch you later this week. We out. Let's go, Knicks.